audio. Hey, everybody. Hey, baby. Welcome. How are you doing? <laughs> Welcome to... <laughs> it's been real fun, guys. Uh, I gotta go. Out already? <laughs> It is Whiskey at Work. Rob and Mark and That's joining gonna, us today. I'm going to start coming up with something when you do that. I'm you won't. You'll yeah. forget by next week. Uh, Dan Bruner from Timmins Markets. Gabe Aldridge from the United States Air Force. Sure. Is that how we're and <laughs> doing that? <laughs> That's how we're going to do this whole thing. Uh, I'm so excited to have you guys in here because it's so fun when you when you travel anywhere and can find new things to bring it to people that in in... Like I said, I don't know if you're going to enjoy this or not, but do enjoy whiskey in general, right? So, so far, I think I'm over for whatever, bringing stuff back. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty you're, sure. You're old for just having, bringing stuff from here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Rob has never liked a single thing I've ever brought back anytime I've traveled. Come so, on. that's why I didn't want to have just Rob in here alone. Dan, that's why I wanted <laughs> you to come in. And Gabe to come in. I was going to have three people who don't like <laughs> that's, right. that's how this whole thing is going to go. <laughs> this is how I'm building my army in risk. <laughs> By you of one pissing off that he really liked when you were traveling, though. Which one? The one he bought for you and then drank while you were mm. gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That's that uh, that's good. still a source. Yeah, that McAllen rare cask. That's still, still a source subject. Too soon? Sorry. Yeah, a little too soon still I, to be And I, about when he was gone, I threatened to open his bottle of Jack 12, too, instead oh, of mine. Oh, so. my God. Oh, is that what we're doing? He wasn't even no. really surprised. He did no. say, well, you have been known for that. So. Right. So anymore, it doesn't even, doesn't even affect me. Um, but here in just a few minutes, we are going to drink a couple of things that I brought back. Uh, one is from, well, they're both... One's from the Netherlands and Belgium. They're, they're, it's the national spirit of both. It's called Geneva. And one is Belgian Owl, which is a, a whiskey that, according to the Whiskey Bible of 2023, was rated as the fifth best whiskey in the world. So that's why I'm hoping that I'm going to at least be one for two on these <laughs> bottles. Okay? So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there might be. First, I want to cover a little whiskey and, and news. thankfully, the TSA's opened one of them for us already. So. Oh, yeah. I'll get into that story, too. Um so I saw today, and I know that I don't think any of you guys are fans of this. Rob, maybe you a little, or you used to you used to be that way. That there is a there is a specific percentage of water that is recommended to add to whiskey. And I know, Gabe, you're not a thirty-four. You're not. A, you're not, you're not a, thirty-four. That's you're probably pretty close. I'll take lower, Pat. Do you add water to yours at all? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, uh, do you try it neat first? Yeah, so it really depends on the proof for me. Um, right. Usually anything 50 and below, I'll, I'll always uh, try neat first, and for the most part, usually stick with it neat. Yeah. Um, once you start hitting the 50 and up, um, it really just depends. Like 60 and up, for sure. I usually add around a, no a teaspoon. Dan's rolling his eyes at you right now. <laughs> oh, that, but... <laughs> my goodness. So, Dan, I don't think I even have to ask you this question, but do you ever add water to your whiskeys? There is water in my whiskey. It just <laughs> happens to be that they added it at the distillery. I, I I don't think I've ever seen you do that. Not I, not a single time. No. I mean, He's need, more of a man than me. Need is all the way for you. About uh, 95% of the time. So even if you had like a, you were drinking the Koi Hill from Jack Daniels, you would still pour an ounce and a half of that and, and sip the whole thing without adding any water to it. Yep, it's anything. better with water. Oh, my goodness. I'll prove you wrong. It's okay. It's right. <laughs> Do you, I mean, it's just. Dan you, will never know. <laughs> you you just always want it to be it's it's the way it's intended. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Typically, I enjoy it that way. There's a few that I've had, like the 
Whiskey at Work new riff pick that really does change with water right? Um, or a big cube. Uh, never just water, but occasionally a big rock. Okay. And then, Rob, wh- what about you? For I, Does it depend? I, I, I haven't added water. I ha- I'm with him on the cube, though. There's sometimes where, depending on the pour, you know, I'll take a jack on the rocks as opposed to a jack neat, but like a single barrel I'll have neat. Okay. And the 10 and the 12 and the more... The higher right. you go up the ladder. Well, I think with Jack, just because you enjoy Jack and you know its flavor profile, I I, I think you generally prefer it that way, don't yeah. you? Okay. Uh, well, they did this big, huge study about this, and that's why I brought this up. They said that the exact amount of water, if you're going to add any, is no more than 20% to the whiskey. Um, 20% because, of what? 30 volume? volume yes. Proof? Yeah. Of, Not if you have a big glass of whiskey. Well, if you have an ounce of whiskey, 20% no water more. to that. Shut up, Dan. Okay. <laughs> uh, no they one say, asked you. They say by the time you get to 60-40 whiskey to water, they begin to smell the same. And that's, of course, not what you're looking for. The researchers found at 100% whiskey, the panelists could easily tell all the whiskeys apart. 80-20 whiskey to water, they could still differentiate whiskeys within each group. But after more water was added, all of that changed. So I thought that was, you're, you're probably still getting, if you put even, you know, just a couple drops in. I think what the whiskey is intended, right? Yeah. So there's a reason, like, and again, this is maybe more so for scotch, but uh, master blenders, tasters, um, they will dilute their whiskey to almost 38, 30%. 30%. Kind of what you said when we started. Absolutely. Okay. Um, And there's a reason for that is water, for good or bad, does change a whiskey. Mm -hmm. And for me, it is very dependent on the whiskey I'm drinking on if I add water or not. Right. So prime example would be the Coy Hill that we talked about. I think Coy Hill Neat is fantastic. I, I do. I think it's a great whiskey. I think it's one of the best products Jack Daniels has ever put out. Mm. That being said, I do think it is hot. And I think by putting around a teaspoon or two of water in there, you dilute it enough to make the ethanol levels and the heat go down while exposing the more fruity characteristics of the malt sure. or of the of the grain, excuse me. Um, and I, I just prefer it. I think you get a lot more um, out of it with water. Um, and uh, I'm correct in that. And that's not my opinion. So. Well, I suppose. Just kidding. You got to be you. careful, I suppose, about the, the where you're getting the water and the quality of the water. I mean, yes. Yeah. You know, if you're pulling the tap and newel. <laughs> or lead. I mean, maybe you, not. You, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. For my time playing basketball, you know, drinking the yeah, not hose water. We're not talking hose lead water. Is, it was you know a little little iffy. Well, Dan, when you've done um, barrel picks, sometimes they will send you uh, the water that that whiskey is made from, and you still won't even throw that in there, or occasionally will you? For those kits, we normally do because they send it at cask strength, and mm-hmm. then they you proof it down with that oh. water. So like the Knob Creek picks always come with the, the limestone water from the distillery. And so you just proof it down to what the barrel's actually going to come in at. Um, so I'll do it in that context. And I do have like a little vial with water in it that I'll drop a couple of drops in from time to time. Uh, okay. Especially on things like Koi Hill, where sometimes when I'm drinking it neat, I, I just love it. And then there's other times where it's got a little too much, <laughs> a little too much behind it, and I yeah. need to tame it down a little bit. You're gonna it. love me, and you're gonna like it. <laughs> uh, one of the other stories I came across, uh, moving on to, and this is, I, I don't, you kind of get these doom and gloom stories, and you don't know how serious to take them. Um, but one of the big uh, stories that came out here just a couple of days ago was the type of wood that they used to make 
bourbon in, the, the white oak, they're now saying they're looking at a 70%, no, 77, I'm sorry, percent population decline if nothing changes in the way this white oak is produced, which they say here in, what, 30 years, 40 years, there might not be enough barrels to make bourbon anymore. That could be a problem. Certainly. <laughs> For a while. <laughs> if we look into this. Uh, I've it, got a couple years supply at my house yeah. right now. Do so you? Well, I'm curious right. if it's based on current trends and trajectories within the industry. Mm-hmm. If they're basing those projections on utilization of that white oak today, because I don't, I don't know that it's going to continue at the same level that it is now. Obviously, with the bourbon boom over the last several years, production has really ramped up. I mean... Last couple times we were down on, on in Kentucky and Tennessee, that area, there's just rickhouses going up everywhere. And obviously they need a lot of barrels, which require a lot of trees to make those barrels and then fill those rickhouses. Uh, but I think there will be some stabilization at some point in time. Um, so I'd be interested in what their projections are, if it's at current trends or uh, I'm sure that they're looking at, right. at kind of how it always cycles. Well, apparently, as of right now, because of of this white oak that they had, uh, I don't remember exactly what the article said, there is technically right now a surplus of it because of all of this white oak they found or was stored, I don't remember, somewhere. I know. Every once in a while, I should should write down some of that. Um, Maybe they should Google Earth it. But I didn't realize that oak, it's a very specific type of white oak. It is uh, high-quality, straight trees without any turn in the shape. The tree has to be a perfectly straight tree in order to be used for these. And so when it comes to uh, infestations or diseases that affect that curvature, that that's kind of what I think they're playing into this yeah. projection, too. Yeah, my understanding when they're making the barrels, they're kind of doing a cross-cut to make sure that the, the grain pattern is is correct to be as tight as possible so that they don't have the leak oh, leaking issues. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and so that would probably play a, a role in it, too. Do you think there could ever be there, there could ever be a replacement for it? Do you think maybe down the road they might come up with some other kind of wood that could— I don't or, think they or would, would that just be so I don't think they would come up with a different kind of wood. I what I could see happening because within the category of bourbon, you've seen a relaxation and even the finishing of bourbon. I mean, you look at all the new distilleries coming out. I mean, New Riff, um, what's the there's a big one I can't Nulu, um Stargate not Stargate. I can't remember the name of it. Starlight. Starlight. <laughs> Starbright. Um, Stargate, right? <laughs> okay. But no, like the finish, like bourbon finishing is becoming way more common. Yeah. I mean, it used to be Angel's Envy, which was a, a port finished bourbon, was one of the only ones that I could think of that was common, and that was shunned by a yeah. lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, but, there's there's a lot of talk about why that is too, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of younger age product coming out, and yeah. so there is some some talk and some debate in the in the world that it's to kind of disguise some of the flaws in some of the younger bourbons, but... I mean, oh. a lot of those finishes I've been impressed with. I mean, we're, we're drinking some Maker's Mark French oak here that, you know, Maker's Mark certainly doesn't have a reputation for making yeah. bad whiskey. Right. I, I think that the 46 just enhances it with that French oak well, finish. Penelope. Uh, or Penelope. Penelope. <laughs> Jesus. Penelope. Penelope. The Penelope. It's been a long day, guys. Is Look. that like the jackalope that Penelope. we have? In the... Yes. <laughs> Penelope. Right. It's Penelope. Shut up. I'm right. 
the architect, right? That's French oak. Is that the one you had us try? Yeah. When we that was really after we safely arrived at our destination. Correct. Yes. Because yes. I'm a, I'm an excellent driver. Um, it uh, <laughs> easy rain it man. Was, it, it was yeah. It was delicious. That really really was good. Uh, I, I wonder if the. Just because of the the expansions that folks like Buffalo Trace and Jack Daniels are doing, they have to be cognizant of this, mm-hmm. right? They must be doing to. something to help counteract, and I and I assume others, but counteract the problems of or the threat of being running out of wood. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, you know, it's it's in their best interest to go, hey man, oh know, absolutely, let's let's plant some so trees. I'm right? kind of a yeah. conspiracy theorist. Okay, I have a thought. <laughs> What is it? Joe I, Biden forgot I, to plant the tree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I don't think that people who are making money off the trees would let the trees go out of business. You know what I'm saying? You mean? certainly wouldn't think so. So I think what's <laughs> going on I'm is saying. they have perpetrated this whole we're running out of barrel thing. So people buy all the bourbon. Well, that's an people interesting People buy all the bourbon right now. There. And then five years, you be like, oh, never mind, guys. we got <laughs> well, plenty of barrels. <laughs> we're good. That's my thought. It okay. does That's seem like thought. we talked about this a few years ago, and now it's a story again. Like, right. Yeah. This is just one of those. All Did right. you check the date on that article? God, I should have. Why does it say 2013 on it? Copy yeah. and paste again. Dang it. Should have looked at it. Uh, okay. Uh, moving on to the next one. Um, Am I going to need another drink? How many more of these stories you got? I've got, I've got just kind of one, one, one and a half. One oh, and a half. Wait. Okay. What's water? It's in my whiskey. So I, uh, very low to use Dan's logic. This is another one of those stories, like when I was looking at the uh, what was the 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 one we were talking about with the corks that have the ten ten on them. Um, that was Angel's Envy. That was Angel's Envy. Uh, if you look at a cork on Angel's Envy, it has ten slash ten, and that's because that was the first production date, October uh, of twenty ten. Okay, but it wasn't ready, so the master distiller said, "No, we got to wait six months. It's not ready to go yet." Uh, but they're like, well, we have all the corks that say 1010. What do we do with them? And he said, well, just use them. Doesn't matter. 10, and so 10 and now, because of that, they keep using the 1010 because it's an interesting story. Is it? It's very similar to this one I found with we all know what angel share is in whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. That's the evaporation that happens anywhere from, I don't know, 6% to, to as high as 10 in some instances can be an, an issue with the barrels. Two to, two to four more likely, I think. The opposite of that is called the devil's cut. Which I don't know if you're familiar with this at all. Maybe you know the you're, Jim you're, Beam version. You're in a room full of whiskey nuts. I know, what do you and mean? you guys probably know exactly what that is, right? Angel shares the evaporation. The Devil's See, Cut. I told you you were going to need another one. It's the Devil's story. Cut is the whiskey that's absorbed into the barrel, and forever, nobody knew how to get that whiskey back out of the barrel to actually use because it's a it's a all of those thousands, tens of thousands of barrels, there's a lot of whiskey wasted if you just throw them away. Until Jim Beam came along and figured out they have a proprietary way to do it. Nobody really knows the secret on how they get it out of there. And that's how they created big, the... Big vacuum. The It isn't. Only thing that said in the article was an agitator to get it out. Some dude named Billy who just squeezes the <laughs> That's right. Billy really Agitator <laughs> is the guy that sits, uh. <laughs> that sits in there and squeezes the wood. Um, it wouldn't be easier to suck, put it in a container and You're suck, gonna suck all on the wood? Out? Yeah. Well, get the juice out? Well, I thought spinning, spinning, would make more, <laughs> spinning would make more sense. Huh? Spinning would make more sense, wouldn't it? To get know. it out of there? What if, they do. If, if you're looking to get all the juice out of your wood, we, we're, we're providing oh, several right. viable <laughs> options here. Rob uh, Henry, everybody. Well, what Jim Beam did. Juice out of wood since 19, what? 
they eighty two would they would put it back in to extra aged bourbon and then bottle it at ninety proof. The this the extracted whiskey is then given time to regain its balance once they pull it out of the wood. Then it's added to extra aged oh, bourbon and bottled mind. at ninety proof. That's the devil's cut. Have you guys ever had it? Pull the wood out. No. Never mind. I'm assuming you have some in the store though, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Never tried it though? I haven't. Well, now we need to mm-hmm. that I brought this story up. Should have saved this for the time when we were going to drink. I'm going to let Devil's you buy cut. that one again so we can all be mad about it. Oh, God. All right. Then let's get out of that story. Uh, do you guys ever go to uprocks.com? Yes. Okay. You I like it? Them. You hate it. All right. Then you're really going to hate this, Sorry. Uh, Gabe. Sorry. Uh, they released the top 100, <laughs> the top 100 bourbons. Uh-huh. And I just went down the, the, the top five to see what you guys thought about these. Let me guess. Jim Beam White? Label, best no, whiskey in the world? it's not. But one of them that you had mentioned is on here earlier, oh. if you can remember which one that might have been. Anyone? No? Was that okay. Japanese? Oh, uh, okay. No. That was a retort. Uh, number sorry. five, Chattanooga Whiskey Bottled and Bond Vintage Series. Fall 2018 Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Ever heard of it? Any of you? Mm, Chattanooga, I've yeah, heard of it. Okay. Some Chattanooga. Okay. Uh, number four is the Garrison Brothers Cowboy Bourbon Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Mm, yeah. Garrison Brothers, I've had, I think, one time, and I didn't particularly care for it. It tasted like uh, uh, Play-Doh. It had, a, hmm. it had that Play-Doh-y smell on the palate. Um, number three, Nelson Brothers Whiskey, the Black Briar A blend of straight bourbon whiskeys. Was that the one that replaced Bellamede? Yeah, so Bellamede was what Nelson Brothers sold while the Nelson Brothers stock was coming of age. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Number two on the list, Starlight Distillery. Carl oh, okay. T. Huber's single barrel bourbon whiskey finished in I don't know how to pronounce that. How do you pronounce that? Is that you, guys, you, guys, you guys know you guys know you guys have any idea? Charentes. Pano D Charentes. <laughs> oh. You were Clearly. only, por- you were only I, pointing I at the C word. No, all of those what? words. Uh Pano de right? Charentes barrels. Number one on the list. Oh god. Jack Daniels twelve year old Tennessee whiskey batch one. Huh. It's well, pretty it's, good. And I think I, out of everybody in the room except for Gabe, who hasn't had it what? yet, uh, <laughs> would probably agree. It's uh, pretty good that it it could make a top it could make a top one hundred list probably like best whiskey in the world best bourbon. Oh, best so bourbon. again, you're gonna have the argument of Jack Daniels and is it bourbon or not? It is bourbon, but it it totally is. So uh, anyway, all right, hmm. well. That that didn't go over quite like I wanted it to. Okay, let's uh, let's drink. Did it go like shall a we? Led Zeppelin? <laughs> Rob, we need references that aren't that dated, okay? If we can get those, that'd be great. 1982 one doesn't seem like it was that long. Oh, my God. Okay, gentlemen, here's what I'm excited for in this room right now. So a couple of weeks ago, I took a vacation with my lovely wife. And the TSA opened up your liquor and and stuffed it back in your bag. We went to— Hopefully it's actually whiskey. The Netherlands. We were in Amsterdam. And then we went to uh, Brussels and Ghent and Bruges. Did you see Jean-Claude Van Damme? I didn't. The muscles from Brussels, I was ready to take him, though. I could have done it. He's old now. I probably makes could've. my trip to Wyoming two weeks ago <laughs> seem kind of boring. <laughs> I bet you you had a good time, Dan. I've, I've just been on an overnight trip with you, and you're, you're, you're a good time. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Phrasing Is that why I heard the hotel door slam uh, at 2 o'clock? Well, no, hold on. We I were, was remember, in the annex Yeah, with you we two. were in the annex. I know, but he I, could, was in the actual I could hear hotel. the door to the annex uh, closing. <laughs> Interesting. Like, I don't know, uh, maybe Mark left. So. I did hear it come back the times, a short time later. The times that I have done this kind of stuff, <laughs> it is fun to go look for, because it's hard in, in European countries. I mean, whiskey's not their thing. It's all beer. 
Obviously. That's what they're famous Obviously. for. That's what they love to drink. But they are getting into this now. A lot of them are are, are turning to, because of, I'm assuming the bourbon boom here in the United States, they're thinking, hey, let's go. You know, let's see what we can do over here. Now, this first thing that I want you guys to try has been around for four or five hundred years. Okay, so this isn't uh, this isn't something that they're jumping on. You know, the the current trend here. It's called Geneva, and it is the national spirit of Belgium and the Netherlands. And what I thought was so unique about it is it's called the missing link between gin and whiskey. Hmm. And so I thought, all right, I got to try this. Um, yeah, I've comes, always pictured you as a gin drinker. I don't like gin. Is that an insult? I don't like. <laughs> yes, it kind of. I is. like gin. I don't like gin and tonic. One of them gin necessarily. I was being um, sarcastic. But everybody, take a take I a can't take get a him pour to drink this. anything other okay? than this. And uh, and then I want I want all of you to give it a well, you know, just a, a taste, Rob. Good God, what do you, what if you don't like it? Well, I'll still drink it. <laughs> Good. I, Never I, drink, Rob I drink as a quitter. I drink all no, the kidding. crap that you bring oh, back. You guys take what take as much as you need. Oh um, my! But it does. I might put this back. This is uh, I I had a flight of it at a at a little place yeah. in, in Amsterdam. Tread lightly, pumpkin. And I one half of this. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It is. You it is. Did? I did. Um, just because of its uniqueness. And yeah, it's, but you and unique doesn't mean you and good. That's that's true. It it is still that's made it. with juniper berries for the gin part, but it's also. Um, well, Gabe was reading up on it a little bit. I I can't see the back from here. Uh, but it's, even if you could, you couldn't read it because it's not in English. Even though it's oh, it isn't. All in the, no, oh. I can't. Okay, maybe it's it is in Spanish, obviously. Well, so of course, Gabe, you understand, yes. right? Yeah. Cyrillic. Oh, God, I have no idea what that is. All right, it's the ancient text. So both of you guys so far have, have both you and Dan have sniffed it, and uh, I did. I'll take a pour. And uh, <laughs> well, I, I just, I guess, you know, I, might, I, I bought kind of like the McAllen Rearcast. Yeah, we might as well let him have some. Brought it over here. Might as well have a little bit. Um, oh. It's oh, oh it's Hello. certainly gin like you, you on the nose. You do get right away, of course, that gin that you're familiar with, right? Oh. But there is something behind it, isn't there? I mean, there's uh, something more gin. that's. <laughs> I do like gin in general, Gabe. Gin, uh, gin and so, juice, maybe. So, I don't know. Oh, wow. Easy. <laughs> yes, funny enough. Okay. Uh, no, so gin. Um, before I became a whiskey dude. Um, I actually used to drink gin. Okay. Um, so yeah, gin and tonics, gin by itself, um, gin gimlets. You know, uh, you know the flavor then. You're, oh yeah, you're there for no, it. Okay. I, I definitely. What do. about you, Dan? I like gin. Okay. Yeah, Robin. I know you're a gin drinker, and that's why I'm equal opportunity. Well, that's flavor. why I got kind of excited to bring Good this back you, because I know you you do enjoy it. So, all right, have you tasted it? Everybody, take a taste of this. It tastes better than it smells. All right, give me your reaction, Gabe. It's weird. <laughs> it it's good weird, though, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Can you I've... taste Can you taste what they're claiming it is, that missing link? It's perfumey. Yeah, it's, it's flowery, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a little, I'd like... I, when you brought this back and said what you thought it was, I would like to try this against the, uh, is it the old Tom? 
uh, that we had from from Fruit Artists and up in Fargo was it's the gin that they distill and then age in the bar- in the whiskey barrels for a bit. Yes, yes, I think that's it. It's there's a similarity. Yeah, with that, with this for sure. This I think is a little more full flavored. Okay, Dan, what do you think? I don't. Re- it's really soft. Like the flavors are just soft. Yeah. Like gin sometimes has a little bit of bite to it. Whiskey has a little bit of bite to it. And this is just got a lot going on, but it's yeah, like super subtle. Would you say it has the flavor of gin, but with some of the characteristics or body of a Weller aged bourbon? That's a good. That's a good point. Is it more of a whiskey that tastes like gin or a gin that tastes like whiskey? I think it's. I think it's a gin that tastes like gin with, with again, a, the body of a whiskey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's almost like the the aged, it's an aged gin, yeah. right? Like they aged some gin, like, well, again, I'm going back, and I don't know that this is true without side by side, but it's almost like it's a gin that's aged in, an, in a used bourbon barrel. It's got some of that, and but not for a long time. It's It's... It's not like a twenty-year-old Scotch that's taken yeah. on. So it's not a whiskey finished in gin barrels. It's a gin finished in whiskey right. barrels. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, so I can see this in a cocktail. Oh super yeah, super. That would be interesting to play with. I'm, 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 I'm just excited to, to know. Do you guys, do you guys like it? No. I. But only because you're asking and you're, <laughs> you're looking for positive reinforcement. <laughs> just a little bit. I, I don't dislike it. It's not something that I would rush to buy, depending on what price point you had it at. This generally, um, this hmm. was probably the generally. most expensive bottle that I found over there. Uh, I think it generally went for around 22 to 25 euro. So, I oh, mean, yeah. that's, 30-ish, yeah, close to $30 American. This was 42 euro. Um, and I only got this one because it was, it, I, I think it was uh, either aged a little bit longer or uh, something, something. You weren't gone that long more ago. T- to Why do, do you not remember your own story? Well, because I don't. I when I get in these situations and I get super excited at places, and then you panic, and then I panic and I freak out a little bit and I forget things. Okay, I just know that I liked <laughs> it, and I'm like, I was really excited to bring it back. You? She remembers everything. Yeah, she does, but she didn't like it. So once yeah. she didn't like it, that she was like, ah, hell with it. I'm I don't care. Come on, scallops. You got to like something eventually. <laughs> yeah, I would so, want to try this in like a Negroni or something. Okay, like in a cocktail. Um, All right, so I think Dan. Well, I mean, a lot of body. what what are you? I mean, would you? Was this something you'd keep in a bar? I, you, it, I love having conversation bottles, um, and and context is a lot sure. for me. Um, when we've gone down and visited distilleries, one of my favorite experiences was a couple of little craft farm distilleries that we toured, and uh, Jep the Creed is one of them. And I bought a bottle of um, their Bloody Butcher corn. It's made with a red, ooh, dark dark red, like crimson red corn. And it has a funkiness to it that I enjoyed it when I was there. And then as yeah. I sip on it now, I'm like, why did I like this as much? <laughs> and a little bit of it is because of the environment right. we were in. Yes. I mean, exactly. We're sitting in a barn at their distillery, tasting it fresh out of the barrel. Um, it was a single barrel that they put in the bottle that day. Um, and so the context kind of enhances the flavor sometime. Yeah, that's um, a very good point. Yeah, but from a conversation standpoint and something that's definitely not off-putting and something that would be cool to to be able to share the story of how you found it, where yeah. you found it. Um, 
Oh, it's better with water. Crab trapper. Really? Of course yep. it is. It's Crab <laughs> trapper. Did you, put, did you put 34% water in there? <laughs> yes. 20. 20, Gabe. Exactly. We just learned that. All right. Let's 69%. Go. Let's go on to the other one that yeah, I think I, you guys. I really over poured. That was a good thing. That, then, I wish you'd have said that earlier. That I think. Uh, and here's what. Okay. So this next one we oh, want to try. You can have that. I got this. Is, uh, is kind of a big deal in, in Belgium. But uh, again, you can go to any bar, almost anywhere, and ask for it. And nobody has any idea what you're talking about. And huh. it's brewed like 48 miles away. Distilled 48 miles away. So it was kind of hard uh, to get a sample of it, but the for sale bottles were in, in a number of liquor stores. Uh, I I came across uh, the 2023 Whiskey Bible that by accident by accident just to totally stumbled, stumbled upon it that ranked this as the fifth best whiskey in the world. That's a Jim Murray. Jim, Jim Murray. Murray. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, now, technically, it Unless was... Unless he's starting to write a check. We don't need to give him credit. <laughs> it, was the, it was the gold edition of this particular whiskey. There, I think, are, are, are five different... Co- that was a thousand euro for the gold bottle. Well, how yeah. much did you spend well, on your oh, vacation? Well, that's, what, that's, what, that's, what uh, was that? So so Gabe's like, over there like, well, what do you mean? So it's only like 20% of what you spent on your vacation. Right. Um, what was the age? A thousand euro. A thousand euro like, for this gold. Uh, thousand. Thousand euros. One euro that, per year. That's where they get the euro. Is euro uh, euro. The distillery oh. has only been open since 2011, um, and it's already been one of the most awarded international whiskeys. I huh. think. Uh, we went to the distillery was in the middle of, of just absolutely nowhere. Uh, we walked, sorry, walked by some cows that weren't fenced, uh, in the fields that they use for the, the, the grains that they made this for. Welcome to the life of every rancher. Yep, in exactly. Uh, it's still kind of terrifying. Cause I don't know over there. They were, they just, they seemed bigger when they're not behind a fence. They just seem bigger. Right. So we had to walk <laughs> through this town that couldn't have been bigger than, than, I don't know, Somerset. Uh, and we walked down a long stretch of road, and finally the distillery was just in the middle of this field that was a, a, a building that used to be a barn that before that was a convent and had been there since the 1600s. So that's where they're distilling all of this. They had two giant copper stills that they brought over from Scotland. Uh, and again, like I said, started it in, in, in around 2011. So it's called Belgian Owl. I, you know, I love the logo. I love the bottle. I like that diamond-shaped raised stuff that's all around it. So I am, again, super excited for you guys to try this. And Gabe, my prediction on this is is that this is going to be one you really like. Okay? We'll see how close I am to, to being right. Because it has some, some definite so scotch influences. I would, I would definitely like to talk about it for a minute. Yeah. Um, if you look on there. So it has some things that scream out to me that it's going to be good. Okay. Or at least what I would call an integrity malt. Um, so you look at you look at a lot of scotch when it, well when it comes to scotch, um, you see things like non-chill filtered natural color. Mm-hmm. That that's awesome. That's what we want to see. That's what tells me okay what they're doing is they care about it. It's integrity. They t- they take pride in what they do. The other thing we're looking at is the alcohol percentage so it's at 46 percent so they are going above the minimum which is 40 uh, which means they're putting some care into it right they're not just doing the bare minimum to 
make some money, give it out to a, a large group of people. So I, I already think that this is going to be good. I'm already saying that I'm a fan of this. Okay. Non-chill filter, natural color, 46%. That's what I look for. Awesome. So I right. am excited. I am. Then I am too. Take a pull straight from the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Just tilt it back and take that, one. That's a sure way to, have to drive me home. That's okay. a sure way to make sure that um, that I'll never rest, drink it the, again. The rest, the other three of us, get to this drink. This is the rest horrible. Of it. I'm just gonna go ahead and take care of it for you guys. Uh, all right. Well, what do you get, Dan, on the nose of this one? A lot of the cereal kind of grainy single malt characteristics that I'm coming to appreciate when it comes to single malts. I, I've not explored single malt a ton, really until the Jack Daniels twice barrel yeah. came out this year. Okay. Um, and then I kind of gone down a rabbit hole with single malt, American single malt for sure. And then much to Gabe's enjoyment, <laughs> have started to really appreciate So Dan scotch. is what we call an honorary yeah. scotch bro. This is awesome. I'm so glad Dan's come around. What do I have to do to avoid that title? <laughs> Just keep being you, Rob. That's all you got to do, all right? Just keep being you. Scotch cousin for a while. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, all, he's almost there. As long as I can be one twice removed, we're probably all right. What are you getting on it, Gabe, on the nose initially? Um, I, Honestly, not a whole lot at the moment. Um, vanilla, light, malty. Um, there is a bit of sharpness to it, um, which I think is, how old is it? 48 to 59 months. What is that in dog years? That's a little over four, four to five, four to five years. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Right? Well, dog years. Mm-hmm. Twenty-eight. To <laughs> it's yeah. eighteen and a half. Twenty-eight to thirty-five dog right. months. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What did you get, Rob? Did anything stand out for you? Well, it's a lot less ginny than the other sure. one. Sure, of course. It it seems, you know, I'm terrible at this. Right. It's it seems a little bit flowery and floral there's on the initial sniff it was there was i got a lot of the alcohol but it seems just like it's got a bit of a flower note to it and and i'm happy to be wrong because sure. i probably am but okay but that's what i there's smell. definitely another line sweetness i can see where you're getting a little floral um to me i still get a lot of that like cereal grain quality Okay. You're right, but you're wrong. <laughs> well, now I want you to taste it. Thanks for trying. You're incorrect. In the room right now, there's lots of thinking <laughs> happening, okay? There's lots of inquisitive facial expressions. Well, I, I still get that flowery and you know, sweetness to it but I, I i do think that that grainy quality it's and everything that's made in this whiskey is also like, like i said when we were out in the field in front she, of the, she pointed across the road and said those are all our fields and that's where it all comes from and the water is so from it's a, made out of cows it's from a well that is directly under their distillery that's what they all say. <laughs> I'm sure they do. You're right. <laughs> Although she could, she was very, she was very French, and of course, you know, two English rubes like us coming in, uh, she was, she was, was doing very well to 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 kind of give us a little mini tour. What was what was great about this too is while we were there, um, she pointed up to one of the stills, and standing there were three rabbi, 
And she said one of them is American and the other two are from somewhere else in Europe, but they're here to make our can you, whiskey. Can you, can you send him down to tell us the story? Yeah, they're, they're Let making... Let me guess, one of them walked into a bar. <laughs> she said they're here to make Free the... rabbis walk into a bar. <laughs> the whiskey kosher. And she said these are the three rabbi that go around the entire uh, European continent and do this. There's one from America, and I don't remember where that she said. And I said it's it's always the same. She goes, yeah, it's always the same three. So they were there. Typical to, American, to, only remem- remembering the American. The American guy. that was there, right? Uh, but <laughs> it was like kind of American and like two other. Ones. <laughs> it was kind of cool to be there as that that was happening. <laughs> they to, were to, to make it a kosher drink too. So, all right, Dan, what's your what's your initial impression? I think it's good. I think it's. Uh, I'd say resembles more of an Irish whiskey to me um, hmm. than Scotch. It seems um, it seems that you get that smoothness like you get from an Irish whiskey. Yeah. That triple distilled, you know, it goes down easy. Uh, probably not super complex, maybe, but just easy to drink. And, and I noticed, Gabe, are, are you going to let him give his description, or are you going to give it? Well, for I him? was, I was just, you know, trying to help Dan out. I, well, I just you know, he's, uh, you asked him, and then he's on this professional podcast show that we do, so uh, I figured I'd help him. <laughs> I appreciate the support. Yeah, sure. Gabe, I'm I noticed you, you, you put water in it, Gabe. Yes. Okay. Um, Looked like 26%. <laughs> it was 69%, Dan. Thank you. Sure it was. Um, so here's my hot take on this whiskey. So I, oh, that was too much. I like trying younger malts from distilleries. And the reason I like trying the younger malts from distilleries is not so much because I think they provide. <laughs> You're horrible. <laughs> it's not because That's I illegal think illegal in most. <clears throat> I can't say that. Never mind. Do they consider that you consider this young? Yes. Okay. Um, so the minimum. So again, we're we're going off. I know this is not a Scotch whiskey, mm-hmm. but I, I think Scotland has earned the right to be the kind of definition of what it means to be single malt. Sure, so we're going to use course. them as, a, as an example, right? So, for example, in Scotland, the minimum age a whiskey can be is three years old. Right. This is, let's just call it four and a half years old, mm-hmm. right? So we're just above the minimum there. So it is still fairly young. Most of the time, Scotch single malts are a minimum of, of eight years old Mm -hmm. i I, very rarely have i come across anything younger if you do it's usually independent bottlers bottling something at cask strength but young but back to this whiskey the reason i enjoy trying younger malts from distilleries is because it allows you to taste the character of the distillate without any kind of influence whether that be a lot of age or a lot of time on the barrel or finishes, right, any sherry influence, which, which this is not. This is 100% bourbon cask. It really allows you to get a feeling for what the distillery has to offer. And by doing so, you get the nuances of that distillate. And you get to see where at a young age it's doing this, 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 and this. And when it has time to mature and when it has time to possibly be finished and possibly be at a higher proof, things to look forward to. So that's why I'm excited to try younger malts from the distilleries. And I think what this is offering, I think it, it is what it is. I think we need to say it is a young whiskey. It mm-hmm. is spirity. It is uh, distillate forward. You do get a lot of the young malt cereal note that Dan described there. Um, but I think what is there 
is well made. And I look forward to this being more available. Sure. And for it to be, let's call it, like I would be interested to try this at around 10 years old, ex-bourbon at 55 and up. Okay. Um, I think. See, you should have brought the the (laughs) $1,000 bottle. Yeah, I should (laughs) have. I I think what is there, I think they are doing things right. Mm -hmm. And I think it is well made. Um, For example, uh, Campbelltown is a region in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And one of the most well-known distilleries in Campbelltown is Springbank. And Springbank is at least what you can get is the 10-year-old, right? right? And it's that's still pretty young for Scotch, 10 years old, right? Um, but it's beloved, and it is super sought after, and it's very hard to get. Yeah. And it's not to do with the age. It's to do with the integrity of the distillate and the craft and care of the people who make it and the quality of the barrels. And, and that's what excites me about this. I Excellent. think they're using good barrels, and I think they're using a good distillate, and I think they're on to something. Okay. So right now, I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's quite ready. I do think that as they venture into the older age, I think it's going to be something special. Excellent. Oh, good. Well, good. I mean, that's, that's a, I think that's about as, as fair a review as you can give to this without me buying a 1,000-euro bottle and bringing that back for you to try. Dan said he'd split a bottle with you. Would you? How much is it? On a... Yeah, I'm going to use your credit card. <laughs> yeah, I'll split the bottle with you. Sure. <laughs> right. I'll drink half, you drink half. Uh, well, you guys, uh, seriously, thank you for coming in and, and doing this because I like, you know, when Rob and I, again, this is all we talk about is we know what we like and we know what we don't like. But in so many instances, we're not able to distinguish intricacies in a lot of this stuff. What are the hows and the whys? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I find so fascinating about this. And that's how, you know, I'm learning more about this stuff. Um, I know Geneva is in in certain places in America, you can buy it. Uh, Bigger cities, I believe, have the opportunity to get your hands on it. Uh, And like I say, there's 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 I think there's hundreds of different types of Geneva. Um, It's all basically made the same way, but you can find it. You know, maybe if you go to Denver, (laughs) Minneapolis, Total Wines or stuff like that may carry something like this. Um, But again, as far as you go, Dan, this is all a distribution thing. Unless they manage to pull it, you can't find it here. Yeah, after we talked, I looked and (laughs) there's that too. Um, I looked just to see, just kind of out of general curiosity, and and I don't believe it's available at all in the state. Um, There are a couple of brands that make a a version of it that are available. so might be interesting to see if they'd be able to, you know, get something into the state. But the approvals that it takes sure. to do that are is sometimes not worth it if it's just going to be a case or two. Well, I think all all, all three of you guys kind of agree that it's a very unique. It is spirit. unique, unique. You know, yeah. and maybe if you put it into like you guys all talked about cocktails, that this might be able to make something good with it. Um, and so that's why I'm, I'm excited to have Mark down at Windsor Block too, who is a creates cocktails to see if this is something that, you know, would be interesting yeah. to do in that sense. Um, again, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming in and drinking this. Uh, I was I was just super excited because I knew Rob was going to burst my bubble. Yeah, thanks but, for making but, me spend the last hour and a half with you. <laughs> but you guys really but didn't. you got a drink. You so. made me yeah, feel well, great. You know, so, uh, the, awesome. The only great thing we had was mine. So it, was <laughs> it was not. Not great. Enough. So good things. Okay. We're going to go uh, drink Gwendronic 18 off the air now, so have fun. All right. 
You got that in your office, Rob? Coming up to the house, right? (laughs) I'll probably need to give you the address. (laughs) Totally. All right, Gabe Aldridge, uh, thank you for coming in. Dan, Timmons Market, as always, it's uh, great to have you on, man. Absolutely. Rob, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I got it. All right. It's Whiskey at Work. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey at Work. I am the producer and host, Mark Houston, along with Rob Henry. Our shows are engineered by Chris Jaquist, and the video and audio editing is done by our own Russ Haddon. If you like what you hear, we would love a five-star review wherever you rate your podcast and leave us a comment as well. It's Whiskey at Work on the Home Slice Audio Network. <laughs> <laughs>